Hello and welcome to the PR department podcast. You're through to your host Katie Braden and this is episode 31. So to start off, um, my cat is on my lap. I'm not going to move her. She is purring. So if you think you can hear a road drill in the background, it is in fact just noodle. As you can tell by the title of this episode, um, social media is giving me the ick. It has done for a while and I feel like this opinion is, internally it's conflicting because obviously as a regular schmankular person, social media is giving me the ick. If I had the choice, I would put my phone in a glass of water and be done with it. I really have no interest being on it myself as a person. Um, I enjoy going on and looking at content that inspires me um, but in terms of like following particular people or you know interacting on social media I I really just don't I have no desire to. Um, I felt like that for a while and I feel like this is kind of like a shared experience which I'm gonna like delve into in this episode awkward for me when the feedback is that everyone loves social media and I'm wrong um but then obviously the other conflict internally is because of my job I am a PR um I work a lot with influencers I do a lot of influencer focused campaigns um so this might potentially put me in PR jail um but my opinion is my opinion and also when it comes to my work I am trying to find ways to navigate how I feel and how I think we feel collectively as a society so that we can still market on social media but in a specific way that is relevant to where we're at culturally and not just kind of harping on the same song sheet that we have been for the past however many years where it's very influencer heavy you know flashing wealth, flashing PR boxes, doing hauls, all that jazz. So I've been saying for a while, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but it's something that I've really been saying a lot kind of in my personal life. And that is that privacy is the new luxury. So we went through a phase where there was a lot of influencers showing luxury online and they were really highly followed. You know, we wanted to see their Birkins, we wanted to see their cars inside their luxury homes. You know, a lot of like the fashion influencers who are really kind of ruling the industry were people who came from wealthier backgrounds and, you know, were really buying into or I shouldn't say buying into are really showing off this kind of luxury lifestyle but now I think we've arrived at a place where privacy and not having to be online is actually the biggest luxury of them all and I'm seeing it a lot in terms of celebrities so coming into recent events you know we've seen Rihanna sort of come out of not hiding but she hasn't performed for what six or seven years coming back to the Super Bowl doing her Vogue article with her baby you know showing her baby online for the first time and the baby's like you know months old we still don't really know his name I don't think um so she's been living this very private life 
And I was listening to a podcast about her life because she kind of re-sparked my interest with the Super Bowl performance. And I thought, you know what, I want to know a little bit more about her. So I listened to a podcast about her life and she was giving an interview where she was reciting some advice that she'd given from Jay-Z and that was about staying private. So, you know, staying out, staying away from the paparazzi, staying out of, you know, tabloid magazines and not going down that route of oversharing and instead just letting your art speak for itself and keeping your personal life off the internet. So obviously that is the strategy that Jay-Z and Beyonce also follow. I mean, you cannot tell me that Beyonce has access to her own Instagram. Um, I do not believe it. I think more and more with, you know, these people who have really established themselves wealth-wise, your Rihanna's, your Jay-Z's, your Beyonce's of the world, they have a choice um, whether or not they want to get on social media and promote their projects. So they don't have to. Therefore, they're choosing not to be online. And that is the epitome of why privacy is the greatest luxury, because they can choose to promote their projects in other ways. You know, their projects speak for themselves. They've reached that level of wealth where they don't need to be selling things. Um, You know, like we don't see any like Rihanna brand deals or Beyonce sponsored posts um they don't need to be doing that and that's something that always really confuses me about the Kardashians because I've seen this conversation go on on TikTok where people kind of say like you know supposedly allegedly Kylie and Kim have reached billionaire status now so what are they doing? Why are they continuing to, you know, do these random brand deals and, you know, get involved with these projects that don't feel like passion projects? They don't feel authentic. Um, You know, it's really like slinging that dead horse and really following through with as much as they can whilst they still can, I guess. But yeah, to me, privacy is the greatest luxury. Um, So, you know, coming away from Beyonce and Rihanna and Jay-Z, you know, mega stars of the world, the average person, so you're seeing more and more and more, I've noticed anyway, is with pregnancy announcements. And this isn't influencers, this is like a lot of people um like for example I saw um, a journalist this morning which in fairness she does have a big Instagram following but she is essentially a journalist um you know that's how she makes her money posting that she was pregnant when she was eight months so she'd done her whole pregnancy in private and then posted it at the eight month mark which I think is a real really interesting sort of reflection on where we are because you know last year as soon as you had that 12-week scan it was on Instagram you know we're pregnant Um, and a lot of people are still doing that of course it's very very much based on personal choice like this isn't me talking about pregnancy announcements this is more talking about the privacy aspect and the fact that I'm noticing more and more people not announcing um, until very very late and you know keeping that for themselves behind the scenes um it's something that I do a lot personally um so my relationship you know people will see you know the odd picture of my boyfriend you know we go away a lot together we're we're basically together all the time so obviously he's going to crop up in you know 
pictures here and there but we're not a very Instagrammy couple if that makes sense like we're not constantly posting pictures of each other like a lot of the stuff that we do you won't really see him like obviously he's there and I don't hide that he's there um now all I can think of is the TikTok sound and he's there (laughs) if you know what I mean then I hope um you were also thinking that and it wasn't just me TikTok is inside my brain um yeah so you know for the majority my relationship is offline um you know there's a lot of things that happen privately that I don't post online um and a lot of people only ever see the very tip of the iceberg and I feel like people who are used to being online a lot so sort of my generation and slightly younger you know we were like chronically online um are sort of starting to move away from it in certain areas um obviously I don't think there's ever going to be a time where I can be offline due to the nature of what I do um but there are parts of my life that I don't really have any desire to share um but then you know going sort of past your and I'm going to get this wrong a hundred percent but going lower than your gen z's (laughs) I don't know what they're called. I think it's Gen X. I mean, there's so many at this point, I don't know. But going younger, I'm noticing more and more that a lot of people don't have Instagram profiles or they'll have a profile, but they don't post. Um, And that's really interesting to me because whilst we have this kind of duality going on where more children and younger people than ever want to be a YouTuber as a career or an influencer as a career. Um, You also then have the sort of other half mirroring it completely opposite where they don't want to be online at all. So I think we are kind of in this new crossroads in a way as a society, as a culture, where we're kind of split between wanting to be an influencer and post everything online and then wanting to have absolutely no presence online at all um I know it's a big thing in you know dating like when you find a guy or a girl who's not online um they're instantly more attractive and I can see that like I can totally see that um you know social media is a really hard thing to navigate in any new relationship it is really like the third person that needs to be sort of communicated and pinned down communicated with and pinned down but um yeah there's a huge conversation about you know people who are not online in dating um So yeah, I don't really want to be online. I have no desire to do it. The only reason I do do it, I think, is because of habit, number one, um, and because of my job, number two. Um, So here's why I think this is happening, and this is very much my own personal theory. So we were getting more and more and more and more infatuated with the online world pre-pandemic. We were really riling up. Influencers were doing better than ever. We could really see that there was big, big money to be made and opportunities were rife when you move into that influencer space. So I think becoming a content creator and the success of influencers and people who were living their lives online was very positive and sort of riding high pre-pandemic. We then move into the pandemic um where we see a lot of negativity towards influencers number one so we see sort of 
people being um, negatively berated um, because they are not abiding by lockdown rules or they chose to go and spend their lockdown in a different country or they were complaining online when, you know, the average person like a nurse is actually on the front line of the pandemic. So there was a lot, it really showed quite quickly, quite quickly the complexity of actually being an influencer and sort of the negative side of it really came to light. But another thing that happened over the pandemic was it really was the only thing we had to stay connected. So, you know, we had that was the only way we could make connections, keep in contact with each other, keep ourselves entertained. You know, a lot of businesses, A, relied on it and really leaned heavily on it. And number two, a lot of small businesses were born via social media. Like I'm sure everyone can remember the sort of TikTok boom, which was a concoction of the pandemic, people taking up new hobbies, staying indoors, being on TikTok and also obviously the rise of TikTok with a really positive creator focused algorithm before it all sort of moved on and changed. So a lot of new small businesses were born on social media. Their only marketing strategy, their only sales strategy was posting on TikTok and they boomed for a while. I mean, a lot of those businesses have really struggled now, obviously, because that isn't a proper marketing strategy. You're, you're, you cannot leave your strategy in the hands of an algorithm because it will go your way for a while but it will never be consistent that is a whole other topic that maybe we can delve into another time um but yeah we were all consumed by social media because it really was one of the only connectors that we had both personally and in business so post-pandemic we're seeing a lot of shedding of things let's call it that we clung to dearly in the pandemic a good example of that tracksuits yeah so during the pandemic it was like that was the only thing you really felt like buying wearing and we really did go for it on the loungewear front um you know loungewear was really thriving a lot of people shifted their sort of product focus to loungewear for example I think that's when skims started doing loungewear um you know a lot of sportswear companies were leaning into doing more loungewear you know brands like Opoly were really leaning heavily into their gym wear and sportswear because that's what people were buying and using now on the flip side I she says wearing a tracksuit no lies here we're told um I cannot stand the thought of putting on a tracksuit honestly like before for example like I work at home right so you know comfy clothes all around even though I do love fashion I do love being comfy and cozy and and warm number one warm so anyway less about me when I go to London to go to work um to do meetings I would have definitely gone in a tracksuit with a blazer over the top like I would have worn that and rocked it and loved it now I could not be further from that. Like if I'm going to London and I get to put on quote unquote proper clothes, everybody who works from home will know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm going to go for it. Like we're also seeing on the catwalks, which is exactly what I'm talking about, you know, maximalism coming back, big jewellery, sequins, evening wear, you know, things that are really bold. Um, I, I, My prediction is that the 
the 80s like maximalism 80s style is really coming back and it's something I'm really into at the moment because it's just exactly what we're craving sort of post-pandemic that did go on for such a long time um you know other things that we were desperate to leave behind like I know everybody still works on zoom but you know, the thought of Zoom really draws up those negative connotations of when we leaned on it so heavily in the pandemic. Banana bread, still love that one, actually. Yeah, still love that one. That one doesn't really fit into the theory, but worth mentioning. So going back to sort of pre-pandemic and our relation to influencers and content creation culture, as a sweeping statement, I would say content in general and social media, for the average person, It used to be something that you would more consume than actually make yourself. Like, you know, we would all have our favorite YouTubers that we would watch or we have our favorite Instagram people who we would follow. But with the rise of A, more people getting into content creation and understanding how to do it and the opportunities being there, and B, TikTok, now more and more people are bridging the gap between the average person and people who create content. So what I mean by that is, you know, you'll see on TikTok over and over again, it's not just the big content creators or people who get paid to be influencers that are now creating content. Whereas before the pandemic, it was more if you're an influencer or an aspiring influencer, you know, you're looking for those sponsored posts, you're looking to work with brands and make it into a business. Those are the people who are focusing on creating content rather than your average person. Your average person's just smacking up whatever pictures on the stories that they want, i.e. me. Um, So I think TikTok has really shifted who is a content creator and who is making content. Now, everybody can make content mostly everybody knows how to do it mostly everybody is doing it and I think that is the greatest shift in saying that um we would you know have our favorite influencers the average person wasn't really creating content and that meant that they didn't really know how content creation was really done and what went into it now everyone's on TikTok everyone's creating content great so we're seeing a lot of like get readies with me, come here with me, come there with me, you know, we're always inside some random person's phone, it seems, you know, when you're on that TikTok homepage for you page scrolling away. Saw um, somebody recently which really kind of sparked um, my own thoughts, which I've been having for a while, but it sparked my sort of organisation of these thoughts. And they said all they wanted to do was just to be able to go back to the time where they were able to exist, do things and enjoy things without seeing it as a content opportunity. And that was just an average person. Like I want to really drill home that we are not talking about, you know, your big influencers, like with your millions of followers who are getting paid tons of money to post this content. We're talking about the average person. Like the average person is going about their lives, living their lives, you know, going on their holidays, going to restaurants, doing this, doing that, going on their nights out, putting together their nice outfit. And they said they were just so craving that time where they could put that outfit together for a night out and not see it as a content opportunity or, you know, go to that restaurant with their friends and not have to take content or see it as an opportunity to make a TikTok. And I totally, totally see this. Like when you're out and about, you know, you're constantly seeing average people 
making TikToks, making content. You can even, I, I think fashion is the easiest way to spot it because you can see people out and about wearing certain outfits and you kind of, I think anyway, I think if you weren't going to take pictures in that outfit, you never ever would have worn that because it's just not something you would wear in that environment, if that makes sense. Um, I know some people will know what I mean by that statement, even though I probably didn't explain it in the best way. So that got me to thinking, you know, when I'm going here, going there, spending time with my friends, you know, traveling, doing this, doing that. And I've noticed personally that when I'm alone, and when I'm bored, that is when I will lean into creating content. So that's when I will, you know, sort of make a TikTok or take a picture or whatever. That is sort of when I will do that content creation. But when I'm with other people, so when I'm with my friends, when I'm enjoying myself, when I'm with my boyfriend, I have no desire to take any content whatsoever. Like, For example, I went on a trip to London recently where I was meeting up with some friends for dinner. In the back of my head, I was like, oh, I'll take a quick snap of like the table or something, I don't know, post it, you know, with your I have to create content brain. I didn't do that because I was having such a good time. So the only pictures that I had from sort of that overnight stay was some outfit pictures that I took in the hotel beforehand when I was bored. So that is sort of where I'm leaning at the moment. But I feel like more and more people, because every the average person is always creating content, is sort of thinking the opposite way around. Like when they're out with their friends, when they're out dinner, you know, when they're doing this, doing that, they're seeing it as a content opportunity. Um, whereas... I'm consciously trying to not moving forward um, because I think that's really going to help me personally to really stay in the moment and enjoy things. Really, as I'm in this phase of, you know, social media giving me the ick and me wanting to be not as much online, I really couldn't take time out of something that I'm enjoying to make content like for example and I'm using all of my personal stories here because it's really the only thing I have to draw on um this isn't about me you know this is about like cultural commentary um but I'm just using myself as an example just to say that so you don't think that like I think the world revolves around me because I I do not um but you know my me and my boyfriend for example we've been together for four years um and the other day I wanted to post something for Valentine's Day which is really rare because I don't usually do things like that um but I was going back through my camera roll just to see you know get like a couple of pictures from sort of over the years and the only pictures really that we have together are like little quick snaps that we've taken in the mirror like just before we're leaving to go somewhere and basically all of the pictures I posted were like mirror selfies because we've just quickly like just snapped a picture and then gone off to do whatever we're doing like we have absolutely no like quote-unquote aesthetically pleasing pictures of us like whatsoever the main reason for that a, I do not want to take time out of something I'm enjoying to make content and taking an aesthetically pleasing picture as a couple is actually way harder than you would think which I'll get into in a minute in terms of like people are realizing what actually goes into making these like what seem like really candid pictures they're all a lie um, and I know all of you will know what I mean because I know everyone has tried at one stage or another to take these like gorgeous gorgy candid pictures and they've turned out absolutely horrendous and you think how do these influencers do it 
anyway um yeah one of the reasons we've got no aesthetically pleasing pictures of us is a we can't be bothered to take the time out to make that content and number two both of us are really chronically embarrassed by asking anybody else to take our picture so like my mum and dad, for example, like if they're away on holiday, they will have like waiters, like staff, like people help them to take their picture. And they always have such lovely holiday photos. But like me and my boyfriend, we don't have that because both of us are so embarrassed to ask somebody to take our picture. We would rather not. So unless it's like him taking a picture of me, me taking a picture of him or us taking a picture in a mirror or something, just quickly. Again, we also couldn't do that in public because too embarrassed. Um yeah like the cringe factor just really puts a halt to all of our content creation dreams which is kind of sad also think as well like on the negative side we'll probably regret that in a few years because we won't actually have like any nice pictures at all to like look back on really apart from like odd the odd mirror selfie whereas you know when I see some of these couples sharing their pictures from over the years of things they've done I just think oh isn't that lovely to have that you know like all of those memories to look back on in pictures but then I remind myself how difficult it is to get those pictures in the first place and I'm instantly put off so I guess we've come full circle there quite quickly let's come back to the point that I was just making about now a lot of people have had a really good insight with you know pandemic creating content the boom of TikTok how difficult it is behind the scenes to actually get a good shot um I mean, I for one cannot look at content the same ever again. Like when I see, you'll all know what I mean. The, you know, the videos that's like my four to nine before my nine to five, those ones, right? Where you see them like getting out of bed, like making the breakfast. And when you look at the video, it seems like the most thrown together thing in the world. But when you actually start to realize what went into the behind the scenes of like the lighting and like how is the camera like suspended in midair, like taking that perfect like bird's eye view shot of the coffee machine like all these little things that you realize are logistically so hard to make a video that is so simple literally five seconds long but yet so aesthetically pleasing it really is a battle and now that we've all had a taste of what it is to be a content creator like a lot of people can appreciate how hard it is to actually put those things together um there are some videos on tiktok which are actually mega interesting and if you haven't seen them i highly suggest you seek them out is when influencers actually show the behind the scenes of doing a video like that and they show like their setup how many times they edit the camera angle, how many times they move things around, how many times they change the lighting, like how many times they film themselves waking up to like get the perfect shot. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I was also listening to a podcast the other day, um, the full coverage podcast with Laura Lee and Manu MUA, and they were saying that it makes them laugh when they see influencers who are doing the really quick get ready with me's. You know the ones that start, I have to be somewhere in 10 minutes, and then they do a full face of makeup. And they were both basically saying, like, there is absolutely no way on earth that is filmed in real time, like, because it is just impossible. And they were saying that to them, you know, as like big scale influencers, it would take them roughly between two and three hours to film something like that as well as doing like a full face of makeup um so they were saying how like they see things differently exactly what I'm talking about now because they know the, the behind the scenes of what goes into making that content 
because of that, nothing seems candid to me anymore. And because nothing seems candid, like, you know how I was was talking about earlier about how couples have these lovely, like, candid pictures of them of all of these, like, amazing moments. Now I look at those completely differently. And because I know they're not candid, and because I know how hard they tried to achieve these aesthetic pictures... I don't look at them lustfully anymore. I I cringe. I really do because I can see I see past the image, past the video, past the TikTok to the creation process. Can't unsee it. And now I'm in a stage where I'm judging everything so harshly because I'm no longer mindlessly consuming content and thinking, "Wow, that's beautiful. It's so aesthetic." Like I actually can't look at basically any content without seeing the creation process that goes on behind the scenes. And I know that that's true, not just because of my job and what I do. Like, I know it's heightened because of how I live my business life. Um, But I know that a lot of people, because of this mass content creation that is happening, will also be able to see that the same way as I am. Increasingly struggling to stay on TikTok for more than like 10 or 15 minutes because... I'm consuming this content and even though it's content I enjoy, you know, like fashion and beauty content, I'm I'm just getting cringed out all the time. Like I just find it really over the top, really fake and it's just not something I'm really engaging with, um, which is probably a good thing because it's getting rid of my mindless scrolling. But I think, you know, come, moving into a completely different topic here, which I'm not going to delve into in this episode, but I think this is really going to change how we are viewing and shopping from influencers because people are seeing the content creation process. Therefore, they're judging content more harshly and more truly and they're not just mindlessly going oh my god this person's got such an amazing life of course it's because of that brush that she's given me 10% on you know 10% off on like it's getting more and more difficult for influencers to sell us things and for content creators to sell us things because as a society we are more aware of how the influencer world works particularly when it comes to content creation so I feel like we're leaving this episode on more of like a question than an answer but it was more just my thoughts on where we kind of are with content creators influencers TikTok all that jazz um it was more of a bit of personal and social commentary um so I hope I'm not alone in all of these feelings I guess if I was alone then nobody would make it to the end of the episode so maybe I'm talking to myself right now don't know um but if you have any thoughts to share head over to instagram at the pr department podcast um where we can chat there i love to hear your thoughts on any of the episodes that you listen to otherwise i am very much in my own like sound bubble where i'm just airing my own opinions to myself so please don't leave me alone there um anyway i hope you enjoyed the episode i hope it sparked some interesting thoughts of your own and i will see you in the next one